Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here, and I, I'm going to try to do it. I swear, guys, I'm going to give it my best effort. We have Ganga. Did I get yeah. it? Yes. And Jen. Boom. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is perfect, guys. We just met like five seconds ago. Uh, thank you, Oscar and, and Jermaine, uh, my amazing friends. I love those guys. And, and, and they said, you need to talk to these ladies. And so in true fashion literally guys, this is, I'm going to learn like you learn. So I'll let y'all tell your story and, and we'll kind of go from there and, and see where it takes us. I can start, I guess. Yeah. So hi everyone. I'm Jen. And the reason that I was really excited to be on Austin's podcast is because I saw, I should talk to you actually. So why I'm excited to be on your podcast, Austin, is because, um, I saw that you do both construction, real estate, but then also huge focus on personal development, which is what brought Ganga and I together. So not only did we both work in financial services and even at the same syndications company, but um, we actually met at a personal development program. And now we do uh, two things together. One is uh, we consult syndications companies, which we can talk about a little later. And then we also do performance coaching and specifically, ah. we also offer performance coaching courses for people in the financial services industry. But Ganga also does um, a lot of other courses focused on many different audiences outside of the professional field. So I think Perfect. we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So here's the deal. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm going to make it super clear. I don't care about the syndication stuff out the window. We're cool. good. Okay. I've had enough syndicators on the thing. If you don't know what syndication is. YouTube it, you'll be fine. Thank you very much. Okay, let's talk about what actually matters, which is the performance stuff. Because yeah. now my my blood's my blood's tingling. So, uh, what other courses? Just so I can get a framework, what other courses? What kind of stuff do you focus on? So, performance in at work, performance in relationships, performance for kids, so that they can have better relationships with parents, performance yes. with. Uh, you know, uh, inter 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 family friends dynamics. So communication, uh, lots of resiliency, knowing current market conditions and what's going on on the planet. How to build resiliency and communication so you can get out of any situation. You can bring in new, create new situations that are favorable to you, no matter what's going on. So. No matter what the world was like, there was someone making money. There was someone creating opportunities, no matter what was happening. And that is something of interest and importance to both Jen and I that we are out to share with the world that no matter what happens, you can be resilient and you can create the right environment, the rich environment that you're out to accomplish and you can keep going. So nothing can stop us no matter what's going on. Yeah. So I have like a friends list that I keep where it's like ranked from one to like 10. I think that everybody else just got kicked out and we just put y'all <laughs> at the top of those lists because, because hear me out. And there that, you know, what's one, you said all those things, but the most interesting one was, uh, 
was the family and friends, right? And 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 what's interesting to me, and I don't know how much I'll know about my story, but but I was a you know I was a meth addict and a cocaine addict in my early twenties, and I was homeless, and then I was an alcoholic for twenty years, and I've been sober two years and three months, and I've lost a bunch of weight. And what people don't understand about addiction, right, is, is two things that are very interesting, right? I didn't do twelve steps. I just I just cut. I just quit. Um, is that the the pro, it's not the drinking it's not the drug use it's their identity is wrapped up in that so much that they don't know who they are separate from that so the thought of stopping scares the shit out of them but that's not the biggest problem cuz you can do that on your own the biggest problem is the people that are closest to you in your life only know you as that person so they don't know how to react to you and they don't let you change and they hold you hostage against that identity yeah because it's convenient yes it's convenient it's what we've trained them to do how can we untrain them how can we create a brand new identity i have been in codependent situations a lot and i came out of it and and i had to create my identity from scratch and mm-hmm. every time there was a new low right mm-hmm. and then a brand new high and then you're at the bottom of the next rung so mm-hmm. you choose to develop yourself you reach a point then in the next level you're again at the bottom so what i realized was that me being hooked on what's important to someone else or what another person's mm. triggers are yes. or another person's um, opinion is yes or their lifestyle and how they try to convert me into theirs mm. and i keep standing for that's awesome that you have that life and you're doing that well i don't want to do that and here is why and then they'll say oh no take take a little bit of weed it'll make you sleep better i'm like no thank you there's a hundred different ways i can figure out without help from outside sources uh yeah the body it's- naturally does certain things and i would like for it to be natural so yeah, we had a guy on our other podcast, which now you are coming on as well too, because you're gonna dive to meet. You're gonna die to meet my co-host, masters in philosophy, written twelve books. Just the mind is like a, an encyclopedia. But he, we had a guest come on who's one of, is my is my client in the Airbnb space and a good friend, a big investor, and he's an interesting cat. Like he is like his goal this year was to 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 make more money and do less. Like he's he's a he's a Jedi, like a weird. And he said something. He said. I think the number one issue in America, mainly the Western world, is that we live other people's injected values into our life. And it was one of those statements that it really makes you think. And and so the thing I've been wrestling with is that, okay, let's say you're let's say a 26 year old. Right. I'm just using an example that everybody can wrap their head around buys a Lamborghini. Right. What's the first reaction that we have? Well, douchebag, like douchebag, you're trying to show off. Right. But hold on. But hold on. What if. That guy's dad died at 15 years old and they grew up fixing Lamborghinis together and he worked his ass off. Right. And so we got to be very careful that we're not trying to get people to live our values because Mm -hmm. their, their values are not our values. And I think half the time, the framework of what we deem important for us and the way that we think other people should live that life too, and the stories we create on top of that is like this metaphysical layer of just triggered BS emotions. And it creates this uneasy relationship where you're not where I need you to be. And you're not where I need you to be. And this happens in relationships, business relationships. It happens in um, 
You know what's interesting as I as I'm saying this, I think the biggest issue is the way that kids feel about their parents. Like, mm-hmm. and I and I'm guilty. 20 years. My parents didn't do the right thing when they got divorced. And I blame myself for 20 years, but they're also humans. And I think we put these parents up on a pedestal, right? Am I, am I crazy, Jen? Like, don't you think this is like what Very we do? Very much so. And I'm, I'm also guilty. And this is stuff that I've had to work on myself, right? And forgive my parents for being younger than me when they had me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not something you think about. No, it's great. And so let's talk about like, coach let, let's let's i'll start with you jen um you coach a lot of different like performance like uh so financial services space okay so what what would you say i like to go the opposite so everybody says what should you do if you do what what are the people doing let's give me one or two things that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing like right now like if you're an entrepreneur a okay. young investor stop okay. doing this right now <laughs> working harder thinking that working harder doing more is, is the way to performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's actually removing what's in the way. What is causing the resistance to take those big, bold actions that actually move things, that actually make the massive difference, mm. um, that may put yourself at risk? Mm. Uh, what's stopping is actually more important getting that out of the way than doing more on top of something that's causing resistance or blockage. Agreed. And, and what I try to tell my coaching clients is I don't like you think that time in the seat, right? What I call it, like time in this chair, like time in your schedule is going to make you successful. No. How effective are you? How potent are you in that time? And that's what matters. And like, if you talk to my mentors, they can do, I got a guy who has, he does 550 transactions a year, no marketing, one assistant, you know, four different companies and he spends three and a half hours a day working on his business. Like, wow. and he's like, you don't need like, yes, when you're in it, when he's in the middle of those three hours, it's banana balls. But then he's like, <laughs> you know, but like after that, it's like, I'm with my kids. I'm taking them to soccer. Like it's very important to him. And these are the people that I follow that I want to model my life out. I don't care if you make a million dollars a month, if you yeah. can't be a, a well-rounded human, if you can't be a whole, as we call it, a whole life millionaire, then there's really no point in even paying attention to you. That's um, a really great point, actually, because the second part is actually, I'll use a personal example, right? This is something I literally discovered today. My goal, like everyone else, is to work less and make more, right? Yeah. But because um, making more has to look like hard work. This is a very deep, uh, it only counts if I worked hard for it. If I bought a Bitcoin and went up and I made money off of it, it doesn't count because I didn't work hard for it. I just made a good decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so Ganga and I were literally going over my finances. Like how much money have I made this year so far? Mm-hmm. And it's more in April than it's been like some years, you know? So I'm doing probably the best financially that I've ever done in my life. And it's only April this year, but because it didn't look like I had to work really hard to earn it. Mm-hmm. My brain didn't see it. It didn't count. And also, could that be just a byproduct of you working on yourself so much that it feels like it's less work? It's possible. And it's also because I worked really hard before to plant a lot of seeds that finally mm. came to fruition. So Amen. it didn't feel like I earned it now. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah. I mean, dude, we're literally in the process of building like four companies 
and everybody's like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, cause I've been working on it for 21 years. Like now it's like, it's, it's all relative. I can handle, I can pull a car, you know, I can pull apart my week and like, you know, like today's podcast day and then the next day. And so, you know, and that's what people don't understand. It, they just, you can do it all if your priorities are set in the right direction. And, you know, there's a great guy, Anthony's my other co-host, Logan Freeman out of uh, Kansas City. And so last year he bought $130 million worth of multifamily last year. And he has a podcast 100% centered around him buying $100 million this year and working half the time. And so he's tracking it, like everything, and he's keeping like blog about it. And, and showing him that like you just working doesn't mean that you're getting anywhere because I think, I think the perception that, and I'm just as, and don't, I'm just as guilty of it. The perception of working uh, is actually what people are after, not the trappings of the work. Not, they don't want the yes. results. They're actually more worried about how does it look from the outside yes. in? Yeah. <laughs> I can so relate to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what do we say? And I'm, and I'm trying to catch myself because this is what I do. You're busy. Well, what are you doing? I'm busy. Like that's in, in like, you know, Andy Purcell is like, no, stop saying that. Like we get it. Everybody's busy. Like that, but that can't be your tagline. Like, mm-hmm. are you happy? Like, like, yes, I'm happy. Like, and, and even my girlfriend, right. She's like, we were in a, we were in Costa Rica for like eight days. And like, I was doing a little work, but nothing crazy. And she's like, you're miserable. And, and she's like, you're actually better when you like have put in a full day. It's just who I am. Right. But that doesn't mean that it has to be eight hours. It could be full, It could be three hours. But if I've got that in or I've got my workout in, then I feel better. But it's but it's more importantly, like right now, the season for me is like it's go time. Like we've got we were building out a factory like it's there's a whole thing. And so and guess what? In a year from now there'll be a different part of my season where maybe I don't have to do what I'm doing and I can take off a complete Friday and and all these things. But what I do for me, and I'd be interested to hear your take on it is I front load my schedule. So for me, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are my busiest days of the week. And then Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday is, is pure uh, wild card. Like, I'll go play golf. We're writing a book, like a book's getting written. Like that's kind of like meetings to clean up like business stuff. And like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are just coaching podcasts and like very big meetings. And it it really gives you the freedom to kind of like shape your week or like take off a long weekend and stuff. I'd just be curious to hear uh, your thoughts on that, ladies. So I'll answer a little bit of that and Jen will answer some of it as well, I guess. Um, So yeah, I, I do a little bit of work every day so that I don't forget to work. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, and uh, my plan is to make whatever my goal is before 9 a.m. Mm. And that way, the rest of the day is my own. And it's always, what, uh, early morning somewhere else uh, on the East Coast and it's nighttime somewhere else. So I feel, I feel good about it that I've done my work before a certain time. And I was joking yesterday with Jen. Uh, yesterday, I was feeling kind of like I didn't do much because I spoke to only seven people. <laughs> and, uh, and she was saying that, yeah, look at our lives. We speak to 25, 30, 40 people yeah. a day. And yeah. when we speak to less than five people, it feels odd. 
And, yeah. and it's also the American culture. If you're not up to something, if you're not busy as a bee, then maybe something is wrong. If you're taking rest in a nap, it's like, are you okay? Is Are you sick? Uh-huh. You should take better care of your health, you know? Yeah. It's like you can't rest in the middle of the day so that you can stay up all night working, right? So uh-huh. for me, I do what it takes and I look at discipline differently. So uh-huh. discipline is just, you call the shot. You say you're going to write a book and you write the book is discipline. Not because you're getting up at 5 a.m. because you're supposed to get up at 5 a.m. Uh-huh. I once had a client who was telling me, you know, um, I I, uh, I want coaching to get up at five. And I said, okay, so when do you sleep? Two. I said, it doesn't make sense. So it has to make sense for you. That's why your body is not willing to perform. Mm-hmm. Because for you, getting up at nine o'clock makes sense. And then mm-hmm. having the meeting. So I said, what if you did everything you need to do early in the morning the previous day? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, wow, I never thought that. I never thought you'd give me an out-of-the-box solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you were going to just help me figure out getting up at five. I said, no, think of it. There's a reason your body is not cooperating. Yeah. And if you keep running it down. It's going to tell you, no, let's not do any of this. Let's go and work somewhere else. And that's actually, that's what happened to him. Mm. He had to stop all the businesses he was doing and go work somewhere else. So it's powerful when you don't listen to your body and your body is trying to communicate something to you. And to observe that right yeah dude so uh there's a guy i met in town he he works for aubrey marcus's gym in austin and uh like there's in y'all y'all coach so you get it but like i'm like i coach for free for a long time but now i'm coaching coaching and it's a lot you know you do like 10 coaching calls in a day i like to bang it out on mondays and i didn't realize how much the energy was affecting me. Like, even though I don't have attachment to it and I just wasn't feeling, I I just, I I was really struggling at the early part of the year and I met him and I said, look, I need a, I need a massage. Like I, I'm just not like, something's not right, you know? And so long story short, he comes, we, I mean, we hit it off in like 2.5 seconds. He's like, my clients are the best. Like, I don't even know how I get to work on you and blah, blah, blah. And so he's, he's a massage guy, but he's a body work guy. So he's a body energy, like does all that stuff. And so he did it for like six weeks straight. And now it's like probably every once a week or like every other week. But I realized that my buddy said this, who's a healer out in LA, like healers need healers. And so for me, you know, I, we turn off the phone for an hour and a half. We listen to meditation music and it's the, it's the weirdest thing to describe, but I literally feel like I drop. I meditate for like an hour and a half. I drop down like nine consciousness. I change. I close the loop on like everything I've been thinking about. And when I get out of there, my girlfriend's like, I don't even know who you are. Like your face is different. Your energy is different. And like, it literally like changes my life. Well, somebody told me, right. uh, That I interviewed this woman. I really respect. If you, if you change the perspective, right. And you say that, this is an investment that you have to have to go to go help more people or to be the best version of yourself Then the whole narrative switches. And, and I think, I think we as humans, especially in America, we don't do that enough. We don't realize that, you know, let's say it's free. Let's say it's free. Let's say if you worked all day and at four o'clock, you need to go out for a 45 minute walk just to reset. Like that alone can change your whole rest of the week. But, but we don't do that. That's not because what we, we do. made to feel guilty. Yeah. 
It yeah. wasn't part of the plan. So yeah. we can't just go for an hour or two and take a break and come back, recharge, so we can do 10 times as much in a short amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and, and uh, there's so many things about letting go, like what you said. You close the loops, you're letting go of things, and it recharges you. It, and to do this work, we need to protect ourselves and our energy so we can be more of service to people. So how to it, differentiate between our energy and their energy and, and put their energy out there and ours here and to coach in a way that makes a difference, but then also holds our ground because we are the stronger person in, in those hours when we coach. Um, yeah, and, and what people don't tell you about is by actually saying no and, and creating boundaries, the, the commodity that is you goes up. Yes, that's that's what young entrepreneurs and investors don't understand is that you want to take on all the business, but you got to make sure it's the right business. Right. And I'd be interested, Jen, I want to dig into this Bulgaria thing a little bit. Uh, yeah. Where did you where did you live before that? So I, I lived in the Bay Area, California, Okay, um, which is also where Gunga lives. And I grew up there most of my life. I went to school in L.A. So I've pretty much been a California girl my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, what happened was I met my husband, who is Bulgarian. Okay. And he is a cybersecurity engineer. And then here I was working at in, in private equity, real estate investments. And uh, on our wedding day, we received his parents gave us the deed to the family properties to symbolically include me in the family's assets. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, first of all, these properties were in Bulgaria and second, <laughs> one of them contained an apiary, a bee farm. Okay. Yeah. And the funny thing is my husband's allergic to bees. So uh, um, this beekeeping has been in my husband's family for four going on to five generations. And it's been passed down. It was a wedding gift from his great grandparents passed down from wedding to wedding until our wedding. Now he's always wanted to help his parents. None of his other siblings are interested, but he's allergic to bees. So that was never going to happen. Um, and around that time, I was also ready for an adventure. So I said, I was the first to quit my job. I started apprenticing with a beekeeper who was a financial planner who I learned had 70 beehives on the side. And I'm like, how do you even, you need help? And she said, yes, I need help. I will teach you. Um, so yeah, I uh, quit my job. He quit his job. About half a year later, we moved to Bulgaria right before COVID. And my social life has never been better. I've never had so much you know, this year being away from the Bay Area, I felt a lot more feminine. I was uh, very masculine mm. working, you know, talking to investors all day and just, you know, go, go, yeah. go all the time. Um, and in addition, I'm around nature. We get to keep bees. We have uh, an apartment in the city and then we have the farm. So I split my time. I've made so many new friends and I started organizing events for the expats here. And now I'm the admin of a 5,000 person group for the expats in my city. Okay. Um, and yeah, just caused the community to, you know, still be active, even though we were in lockdowns and COVID and get myself some friends too, since I was new here. Um, so, so private equity to a beekeeper. So I, there's a couple things there. Yeah. Uh, did you know that Damon John is like obsessed with bees? No. 
Yeah, he has like a bee farm. Like you should totally look into it. Like he's talked about it. It's like a big deal. Like he is like all about it. But what's really interesting, right, is I have a friend, a good friend, a mentor of mine who trains high executives who's Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think it because he barely wears shoes or a shirt ever. But he is he's a trip, dude. Like he's a he's a he's a trip. But long story short, he lived in the Bay Area for 25 years. And he lived in a he lived in a, you know, a one point seven million dollar penthouse apartment, you know, the whole thing, whatever. Nice. They live they live in Maui now, like literally left like the month before COVID and just decided right. to stay. So but the reason I tell that story is to tell this. He said that what he couldn't deal with anymore, even though he was highly successful in business, is the dichotomy between me living in my one point seven million dollar mansion and homeless people at the front door of my building. Mm. And he believed that we were losing touch as a society in the humans that were hurting right in this world. And he said he couldn't be a part of it anymore, even though that he felt that he earned every bit of that place. It just didn't sit right with him. So he moved out to nature and he moved out to thing. And so the first thing, I mean, the first thing I'm doing after we start crushing these companies is buying myself land. And we already bought land in, in Colorado. I already bought land in Colorado because I do large scale Airbnb. So I already bought land. I'm buying land in Utah. And then we're going to buy something in Costa Rica. And then, and then my goal is to, is to live in Tuscany and, and just buy, like, you know, make my own wine, even though I don't drink anymore, but like what I don't understand. And my girlfriend is totally like that. I don't do medicine, like, you know, energy is everything. What I don't understand is how we, cause they do this in recovery space, right? So in recovery space, it's, it's, it's a known fact that if you take people out in nature and go hiking, they will open up more. And so I don't understand as a society, like I almost feel like as we get older, we revert back to the things we enjoyed as a kid. That's what I really think is happening. Like I was coaching somebody yesterday and I was like, when's the last time you had fun? Like you're like 35 years old. Like when's the last time you had like fun? And I, and I hate guys, I can't let you into my world. I apologize. I'm letting you into my coaching world. It's very private. I won't use any names, but you know what I told her to do? I told her that she lives, uh, I can't even say that, excuse me, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is I told her, I said, go outside and jump in a freezing lake. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because it's something different. Like it, everything is mapped out for us. You know, Hey, I'm supposed to do this. I bought the house. I got the good job. I, 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 I dated, you know, I married the guy that I was supposed to be with and he turned out to be an asshole. And yeah. now I'm rebuilding my life at 35 and I rebuilt, I'm re- rebuilding my life at 38. I'm, I'm, I'm still not divorced yet. Like, you know, I, I lost a home. Like you know, we we're, we're, we did all the things that we were supposed to do. And yet we're still wildly unhappy. Yeah. Because, because who who were we supposed to do it for? For somebody else, yeah. And where is that somebody? Show me, right? Yeah, yeah where and, are they at? Because they're not paying the bills. So yeah, so it's <laughs> like I was supposed to be pleasing my parents, and then when I was, uh, I told her I'm going to get divorced. She said, "Okay, so will divorce make you happy?" Because she, in her mind, marriage was supposed to make me happy. It didn't. So was is divorce going to make you happy? I said yes. She said, "Okay, then you won't. You'll give me." you'll give your word to this. I said, yes. And when she said yes, it was a huge weight off my back because she's the one that paid for my first wedding. She's the yeah. one that approved it, right? And mm-hmm. we had thousand people saying they, they were aligned with us getting married. 
And here I'm breaking my word to it. That's how it uh, occurred for me. Yeah. It doesn't matter what bad stuff happened in the marriage. What it was, was I was losing my power over that promise. That was more, uh, more important. Looking good over that promise was more important than the life that I wanted to have that I didn't have. And, and how do you feel on the backside of that? Now I that- feel great. I feel I found myself. <laughs> so Dude, I feel like I feel like we need a marching band. Like, yes, like- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because someone had told me, listen, all the good points. You'll discover who you are. You'll create yourself from scratch. You won't sell out again. And you'll be so much happy and you'll have so much energy. You'll be true to who you are. Yes. That one last thing that I didn't anticipate blew my mind. Yes, dude. What what happened to me was I lost my job in private equity. Uh, two weeks later, got separated from my wife, and I got in the car to drive to Austin from San Antonio, and I drove to California. <laughs> and I went out to Joshua Tree in Palm Springs for like three days and stayed in an airstream with a lady I met who was a painter. <laughs> and dude, this is a true story. And I was just out there. And I was listening to music in 37, and so it's a year ago. And it was the first time in my life, like, I didn't need to be anywhere. I didn't need to be something. Like, I wrote letters to, like, my ex, you know, my ex, my mother, my mother-in-law, like, my ex-wife. Like, I wrote letters to everybody. Like, I cried. Like, all these things, right? And then I proceeded to travel for the next, like, six months, visiting friends up the coast, you know, everywhere. And, you know, my coach who lives in Costa Rica, like my good friend, he was like, like, I was like, dude, like, I, I, like, I, re- I regret like the money I spent, like from the house I sold and all this shit. And he's like, so let me get this straight. For the first time in your life, 37 years, you did something for yourself and now you're regretting it. Yeah. I don't think, so. I don't think so. Cowboy. He's like, and, and so it's interesting, right? Because there's a word that keeps coming up. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and it's a very word that when, when I hear it, I think it's the key to everything. Permission. Mm. We don't allow ourselves permission to be happy anymore. We don't allow ourselves permission to slow down. We don't allow ourselves permission to say what we need to say. Right? You keep it all in. You, 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 don't, you don't share. And, and what they don't understand is when I meet people, True story. If you saw me at a networking event, hi, I'm Austin. Divorced. I was homeless, drug addict, and I was an alcoholic. Nice to meet you. Like, because whatever happened to me in the past doesn't control me anymore. And because it controls you, and because you keep it hidden in the closet, that's why it's running your entire life. And, and you know, you're telling the story about moving. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how, you know, if you'll be there the rest of your life. But but, but what struck me in that whole thing is, is the same thing that, funny enough, the same thing I'm going through currently. You need to find your feminine side. I'm trying to find my feminine side too. Like the aspects about me, like my mom was very hard on me. She's very tough. My ex-wife was very tough. Like I've never really been loved by a woman. So like, I don't even know how to accept love. I can give it all day. And so I'm curious as you as you, as you get into that aspect of who you are, like, does it make you happy? Like, is it like soften you up and like, maybe you're not as curt with people sometimes? 
I would say, yes, last year we had a, a name for me among my friends. I was Jen, the popular girl, because <laughs> left, right and center, I was creating community in the midst of a pandemic where community was the opposite of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's actually really my self-expression as I'm a community builder. I love bringing people together. I'm, I'm a social girl, I, but not for the sake of networking. I like networking. Don't get me wrong. I really actually miss networking events like professional kinds. But um, what gives me the greatest joy is meeting people and helping other people meet great people. Mm-hmm. So I got to discover that about myself. And um, now I have a lot of support in this new place and a lot of online friends that I wouldn't yeah. have had. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, I think there's, there's, and, and everybody labels me as the networking guy, which I've been on three podcasts this week talking about that one thing. And I'm, I'm cool writing a book about it. It's fine. Cool. But I'm also at a point in my life where I have enough people in my network that I, I'm also not like, I'm not not seeking, but I don't feel the need to make that a priority currently. Like, we have the money, guys. We have the developers. We have the private equity. Like, but but guess what? I, I've been cultivating that for 20 years. Like, and, and everybody thinks you're just going to step into this world and, and, and just make it happen. It doesn't work that way. So what I want to focus on in the last part of this conversation, because I'm loving this part, is the performance coaching that you do for your clients and kind of, I want to give... Anybody that's listening, tactical tips that you can kind of go over, you know, I like, you know, with your clients that there's stuff that you work on on a weekly and monthly basis with them that you feel like could help anybody out there add value to their life. So uh, I'm going to speak to that. And um, I can say it. Doing it is a challenge. Okay. So I will say it. No, we have no uh, problem sharing our secrets. So letting go of negative emotions, right? Letting go of the past. That's the number one. Uh, admitting, you know, you have this past, admitting that you're not perfect, it's fantastic, it's wonderful. And also recognizing where you're charged about it. Most of us will uh, take that charge, use it as a driver in our work, in our, off, uh, you know, with kids or whoever, wherever we go hiking, we use that energy and we push through that thing as though it's a challenge. It's not. We're dragging our past with us. We don't need to do that. We need to let go of the negative emotions and the past. We don't need to let go of the love we had for those people. We can let go of just the charge. We don't need to let go of the memories. We just need to let go of the charge. Because if you think about it, like I'm going to go back to the first conversation we started with parents. No parents had a perfect present or their, their childhood was not perfect either. So they gave us a version of resisting what bad childhood they had. I suffered, so I don't want you to suffer. Okay, here's the thing. If you do this, you won't suffer as much as me. But again, they took their past and gave it right to us unconsciously. And then what what do we do is like, I don't wanna be like you. Okay, I'm gonna resist this. So I'm gonna go do something else. So resistance, resistance, if we lose the resistance, we're gonna have a better life. Whether it's losing, and then I'm going to come to another important thing that you were talking about, friendships and families and things. You are the sum total of the five people you interact with, so you want to choose very wisely. You're going to interact with those same people every day. 
what are they telling you how are you getting influenced and if they if they keep saying this three times a day to you is this something you're committed to listening from them and if you're not committed ask them make requests change the language that they have for that communication if that doesn't work maybe it's time to get new friends but we can't live environment is stronger than will and it's never to be underestimated so we need an environment where we can thrive and those are the important things that many programs don't cover that lead to performance and once you are removing your limitations and taking the lid off yourself and you're free to be who you are it's like i'm going to use your own words is permission to perform mm-hmm. when you have the permission to be human and you have the permission to have your needs met and you have the permission to go after your wants then you're going to have an amazing life filled with joy and happiness and truly being self expressed about the things important to you Mm-hmm. I was like talking to myself giving myself permission while you were saying it. So that makes me very happy like I I feel powerful right now. Uh Jim I think um most of the people we work with also are all very committed to big things in their lives and they are already producing big results too. And they have a really high baseline for performance but maybe it's um for example okay in specifically with the um financial syndications clients right they're very successful in the areas of money and career but maybe um there's two aspects actually number one is uh maybe they would like to be successful in family in a romantic relationship maybe in their health or another area but there's some limiting decision that they made like i'm not worthy of being loved or i can't have everything that i want i don't deserve this the second you remove that one thing they already have all of the strategies to be successful in this one area and they can actually just transfer it over it it's like super easy once you remove that one thing right but it's like impossible for them to see by themselves otherwise they would have already done the work um and then the other aspect that ganga touched upon too is very high achievers are often driven to be that way from a place of pain the charge that she was talking about something so painful happened that they decided they have to be the best at this thing or they have to prove themselves to the parent who always said they weren't good enough or whatever it was right and um one of the things that we coach people in is how do you actually find fulfillment and satisfaction in your existing successes how do you even acknowledge that these are real accomplishments and feel proud of them so that you're not always driven 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 trying to prove something from a place of hurt and pain and resistance but actually being pulled by what it is that you actually want and the thing with these people who end up with the you know olympic gold medal who are still confused why they don't feel satisfied is because they don't know what that thing is that they want and we help people get clear through goal setting and other different workshops that we do I know it's a good conversation when I'm uncomfortable examining <laughs> my own life so this is this is perfect I mean it's one of my best things i've ever heard is so it's a yo it was a yoga retreat from a friend told me this story and i think it's a, one of the most powerful stories i share on the podcast is she she got everybody in the workshop to to think of three people that they that they they would looked up to and they wanted to emulate and, and be and so they write down the names and then i want you to write 10 qualities of those humans that you would like in you and then once they did that she they went back and crossed out all three names and wrote their names on top of it. Mm. 
And she said, there's no way that you would see those qualities inside those people if you didn't have them inside of you already. Yeah. And everybody thinks that what you and I and what you do and what we do is so powerful. And all I describe it as you have a very muddy, buggy windshield. <laughs> and I'm just here to like scrape off some bug and some dirt and all the and move the mountain across and, and wake up everything that's inside of you. And that's all my coach did. I got in my own way. It's all I do for my clients. It's and, and he said something to me that changed my life. And when I first started coaching, I got super stressed, like, like, how, what am I going to charge? What are, all this stuff. And he goes, you don't have to be stressed to be a coach. And I was like, well, why? And he's like, because you only coach what you've been through. Mm. And I'm like, what? He goes, the people find you. And what's funny is I make all my coaching clients take a personality test. Mm. We all have the same personality. Exactly the same. Like, and they're like, well, I've been a victim for like 15 years. I'm like, well, I've been, a, I was a victim for 20 years. So I got you beat. We're good. I'll fix it in a week. And they're like that, just like that. And I'm like, yeah. And it's, it's about attracting what you can serve and, and saying no to what you can't and understanding that you can't take it all. Like you can't, you're one human. I'm here to help. Like you love, you know, like y'all coach in the financial sector, like, Hey, guess what? If a wholesaler came to you, you'd be like, you know what? It's not what we really do, but I know somebody over there and just, just being okay in the abundant mindset and saying, okay, I'm going to give you that. And then my guy, because what people don't understand is this big opportunity that we're doing right now with my construction company. If I would have said yes to two other things over here, yeah. I wouldn't be available for it. Yeah. Or it would have been very messy to get, <laughs> to get out. And so you have to have some sort of like, and, and this is the thing I work on, on a weekly basis. You have to have some sort of surrender. Like, you know, I tell everybody, if you want to seek, you must surrender. Like you, your need, your force to push it through, it's only going to lead to heartbreak yeah. because you're, you're, it's, it's fake. It's false. You're not, you're, you're pushing triggered emotions and, and all the stuff. And it's a, it's a cascade of, of all sorts of stuff. And, Look, we could talk for 17 hours uh, about this stuff and we're going to have you on again. We're going to have you on the other podcast. But if people want to find out about what you're doing and how they would find your journey, how would they do that? It's focuscoachingus.com. Okay. Yeah. And that's the easiest way? That's the easiest way. And Jen, the... I'm on Facebook a lot. Um, We are building a... Well, Yeah. LinkedIn, Facebook, focuscoachingus.com is probably the best way to find out about the coaching itself. Okay. I love it, man. Listen, if y'all need anything ever, you need to meet anybody, you need anybody to yell at people. Like <laughs> I, I'm good. Like I'll jump in there. Like, because it's funny, Jen, what I'm actually doing right now is strategically having meetings with coaches in Spain and Europe and Asia, because I'm trying to grow my brand away from America, not away from America, but overseas. So when I do decide to move, the brand's already there. So that Mm -hmm. like, you know, talking to guys in London, Spain and stuff. So I'm very intentional about conversation. So I would definitely love to hear more about the Bulgaria stuff and and how I can support that community. Because he he, the guy, the nomad capitalist, he talks very heavy about Eastern Europe and he's, he's very high on, you know, Georgia and Slovenia and and Bulgaria. And he believes that those are the markets that people need to be in. They're amazing humans and stuff and all that stuff. And 
So I just can't thank y'all enough for coming on. I love this conversation. Thanks for taking the time so much. Guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends, share it with somebody, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Austin. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.